I'm well. I'm well. Nice Great. to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for joining me this evening. I'm quite excited. Uh, are we on the same time zone? I believe. Uh, yeah, five o'clock Eastern time. Now you are in yeah. Canada, correct? Yes. So we do share some things with the United States as well, which you are. So time zones <laughs> is one of them. Uh, yes. Uh, Toronto time. Toronto time is where I'm at. Toronto time. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, let me get started. Uh, welcome to the Stroke Diva Fabulous Radio Show. Uh, this evening we are talking to Ron Bellino, and he is one of the leading members of the Age Well Canada's Technology and Aging Network, where he chairs the Older Adult and Caregiving Advisory Committee. And he was recently a recipient of the Age Well 2020 Honorary Fellow Award. And I'm having Ron on because, as uh, most of you know, I've been attending the Accelerate 2021 Global Summit Series with um, the dynamic Barbara Mowat, who has who's doing it this year virtually. Uh, typically, it would be in Canada, but because of COVID, uh, it has been spaced out for over four months, and she's had some dynamic speakers. And uh, Ron was in a panel last week uh, titled uh, Humanizing Healthcare, the Cost of Business in Women entrepreneurs or women business owners. And I was impressed with your story, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, that was a great panel discussion, but you um, talked about taking care of your father who had Alzheimer's and you cared for him for 10 years and using um, technology and support systems and community you were able to do that. So I wanted to have you on because I was like, wow, what an incredible story. So um, before we start talking about your story, uh, let's talk about what you do with Age Well. Well, thanks for having me, Eric Martin. And I'm quite uh, appreciative to be you know, in your uh, show here. Um, for myself, uh, here in Canada, uh, I actually lead, uh, I'm a co-chair of the Older Adult and Caregiver Advisory Committee with AgeWell, which is a national network uh, across Canada, uh, but we also serve the international community that focuses on technology and aging. And what we say here in AgeWell is we're Canada's technology and aging network. Uh, but again, we're not just limited to Canada. Uh, uh, within the network, there's uh, over 200 plus, I think we're 240, 250, keeps changing every day, um, researchers, okay, researchers and academics that are working around aging uh, and caregiving, uh, specifically using innovations and technologies. That's kind of the, the unique piece of AgeWell. Uh, there is uh, a few hundred partners as well, like innovators and business partners. Uh, some of them are quite big, uh, that are well known, and some of them are startups that are trying to enter the market to bring in their innovation to help us all live better. Uh, as for myself, the more important number uh, for me is that AgeWell has close to, and we're going to surpass this, uh, 5,000 older adults and caregivers that are part of the network that actually get involved at the very beginning 
uh, that's kind of one of the value systems uh, at the beginning of any research or at the beginning of any innovation. Uh, so it's uh, pretty much my joke is, is that you could get rid of uh, the researchers and they're still a network. You can get rid of innovators. They're still a network. You can get rid of the healthcare providers if they're not at the table. Uh, you can still operate it. But if you get rid of the older adult or the caregiver, uh, really, there is no reason they need to be there. Okay, We're the ones that are challenged uh, in life, and that's what AgeWell focuses on. So uh, that's that's uh, the AgeWell network. Uh, it's about five years. Uh, I think we're around five, six years now. And I came around the second year when they were just starting up. So that's what we're doing. Um, and uh, at at the event that you're at, the Accelerate event that you uh, where we connected, uh, there were two other members there, uh, Alex Mihailidis, Dr. Alex Mihailidis, who chairs AgeWell, and we also had Laura Tamblin Watts, who was uh, who's also quite involved with AgeWell there. So those were three of the. Those two plus myself uh, were three of the six panel members at that event. Wow. And when did you start this work? Did you start because of and, and helping with care for your father or was it something you, you had studied before? So this is not formal studies. This is pretty much life studies of just living it, living the experience. Mm. Uh, Kamara, you, you get it. You know, you've lived your experiences and, and the passion that you do with your the work you do uh, comes out. Uh, so for me, it was probably around uh, halfway or just past halfway in my dad's journey of living with Alzheimer's. Uh, with uh, He was diagnosed back in 2007, uh, peacefully passed away at home in 2018. And it was just timing around 2015 is when AgeWell crossed my path. Uh, I was at a meeting with them with the local Alzheimer's Society here in Canada, and then they realized, uh, wow, you're you're using all these tools, uh, and that's actually the work we're doing, Ron. And uh, can you uh, come join us? So, so yeah. So my joke to the community, again, many academics and researchers there that there's undergrads, grad students, PhD students. Um, I said caregiving with my dad with Alzheimer's. Uh, uh, actually is a PhD on its own, but you can't really go to school for that. You just pretty much have to experience it and live it. And any caregiver, that's the term I'm going to use today. There, Camille, many use other terms. They might use care partner, carer. Uh, some of them don't even use the term care. They, they just say, well, I'm the son or I'm the spouse. Um, but any of them that have lived with someone with dementia, specifically Alzheimer's for me, uh, will get what I'm talking about, that you don't get it until you really live it and experience it. So yeah, I was. Uh, that's how I got connected to AgeWell. It was just uh, me living the experience, but then as well, me having knowledge with a lot of technologies and tools uh, on my own that I had to figure out, uh, which, which uh, was what AgeWell was looking for. Well, and, and I was fascinated about, you know, using the different technologies. So I'm so sorry for your loss, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, giving the care your dad needed and the type of technology you use to do so? Uh, yeah, so I actually like to break it up. Um, I, I realized uh, halfway, I guess, uh, as I said, around maybe year five or six and my dad's 10 plus year journey um 
and, and I, I need to just add to that story. It's not just my dad that was part of this. There's also my mother who lives, who lived with my dad. Uh, my mother who is living on her own now independently with her cat, Lucky. Uh, <laughs> Lucky is a uh, priority over me. Let's say that's her favorite. And, and, uh, and those that have already heard me talk uh, know the joke, me being an only child, uh, you know, I was, you know, definitely my parents' favorite. And you know, that's easy. When you're an only child, you are the favorite by default. Okay. And then Lucky came along. And Lucky right now is a pretty, is an elder cat now. It's 19 years old. Uh, but when Lucky came along, part of that was to help my parents as well uh, in their apartment, just to have, uh, you know, companionship uh, and the benefits of having an animal companion. Well, Lucky now is my mom's favorite, has defined Lucky as my brother. And I think Lucky is ahead of me on my mom's will. Okay, so there's, I always have to bring up this Lucky the cat, a love-hate relationship with this feline sibling I apparently I have. But uh, during that time, um, you know, there's my dad that I'm caring for, but also the caregiver, okay? the So I'm also a caregiver, but my mom was the caregiver that lived with my dad. So I technically was caring for two people, uh, worrying about the caregiver. So that's what I just wanted to add to this story, uh, that caring for my dad, actually, with someone with Alzheimer's, in my opinion, for some people, it's actually the it's easier than caring for the caregiver. My mom was the one I was worried about more. But for my dad, uh, the, it started with his challenges. And, and that's really how I kind of break it down there. It's it's. To me, it's a divide and conquer kind of thing. It's not new. And for my dad, the first challenge that really made an issue to me that I really kind of woke up to was him going missing. The risk of my dad leaving the home and possibly not coming home. Okay. And it took us about five or six times uh, where we had incidences that I started realizing, okay, this is actually not good. He may not return home. And on the fifth time, was when we needed the police. Uh, so that was one specific challenge where he was found. Uh, fortunately, that was late summer, not the winter, where time is of essence. Uh, he was found uh, over here, uh, I would say maybe eight to nine kilometers is what I'm gonna let other people convert that, but that's a probably a drive, maybe uh, a five to 10 minute drive easily. Uh, how he got there, which uh, we're not sure, but the police found him. That was far away from home. And that's where I started with a GPS device. And this was back in maybe around 2012. Okay, so almost nine, 10 years ago when technology and caregiving weren't you know, connected. Uh, GPS devices were brand new. That's how I started. And then I built upon that. Eventually I put sensors in his home, a camera, in his home, a door alarm. Again, this was about eight, nine years ago. Uh, I would be able to remotely care. And that's the work I like to do the career. It's caring remotely as best as I could so that my mom can take a nap, right? And I could watch my dad on the camera or simply have a video call with him. Uh, it To people listening today, they might, let's say, well, what's the big deal of a video call now? Because it's quite popular, you know, we do it all the time, but you have to remember post or sort of pre-pandemic, most of the video calls were Skype, you know, that kind of thing. And it was a business call, not a care call. So that's what I was doing back then. I set it up where I had caregivers uh, in California, my aunt, 
one in Northern Ontario, a friend that's a nurse, to spend a half an hour, an hour with my dad so my mom can rest or we could watch him. So that's how I started with the technology. And again, that was uh, many years ago. Uh, and uh, from then on, it just built up. Uh, side little note, I do love technology. Uh, my background is uh, computer science, engineering. Uh, but I do not push or force technology on people. I actually tell people, if you don't need it, do not use it. Uh, it's just a tool. So that's something I'm sure we can talk about a little bit more in the next while. It's interesting mm -hmm. that, you, that you say that because I guess now, because of the pandemic, people that weren't, especially a lot of older people that weren't used to being online, you know, doing video calls and video chats and Zoom, uh, you know, it's it's now become the new normal for a lot of our our elders so that they can stay connected. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, the biggest piece for me is the connection. Uh, mm -hmm. That's probably one of my strengths. I just like connecting the dots. It actually is my tagline that I have been using for since I was little. Uh, I I love games. Okay. Uh, that's actually how I even take on the challenges of life. Uh, I look at life actually as the ultimate game. And there are parts in our lives where we take on these challenges. Uh, one of them happened to be for, for me is caregiving. Okay. And during that time, it's making those connections of here's our challenge okay, that we're dealing with. And, you know, for I gave you one example of my dad going missing. Other examples could simply be uh, feeding my dad, okay, you know, uh, social connection, okay, social isolation, which is a big one that, you know, we're talking about right now. Uh, social inclusion, those are two, two different things to me. There's isolation, but then there's also part of the community to socially include someone. Uh, so it's all these connection pieces. And uh, I look at these dots, you know, connecting this dot to that dot. Uh, and what is that line? Okay, you know, is it a straight line? Is it a, you know, a line that has a lot of ups and downs? Is it a line where we go back and fail numerous times and then before we get there? But to me, it's in those lines to connect those dots, okay, is where the solutions are. And to me, some of those lines are technology, are technology tools, okay? Uh, for those that are listening here, right, that uh, are going to be hearing us either watching us or listening to us here live or on the recording, mm -hmm. you technically need a tool to, to listen to, to us, you know, some form of technology, okay? But to me, the best technology is one you don't even think about, right? I'm not thinking about our technology that we're using here. I'm just focused on us connecting. Even though I'm up in Toronto, right beside the Toronto Zoo is where I live, okay? If ever you're passing by the Toronto Zoo, you could wave at me. Um, and you're down in the States, uh, you know, and it's this tool that connected us, you know? So that's how I look at it, that during this time, uh, people see the value of these remote tools that, you know, for example, uh, Zoom is the most popular one, uh, but this was there before. Just people sometimes need to be creative, in my opinion, especially caregivers, and to see what's already there and how do we uh, upcycle is the phrase, you know, to how do we use that tool to care? Uh, side little, sorry, uh, very short here is that I actually uh, got an invite to uh, Microsoft, uh, I think it was three, four years ago, uh, over in uh, Washington uh, near Seattle. 
and uh, it was the Skype team. Okay, and uh, they it just happened to be uh, my he's a good friend, a dear friend of mine, also a caregiver, Ross Smith, who was leading uh, uh, one of the Skype teams there. And he said, Ron, we never looked at Skype as a tool for caring. It's always been for meetings and businesses, right? And I and then somehow they got word that I was using it for remote care. And uh, yeah, I just said, it's really just how you rebrand it, how you use it. And uh, it saves me a lot of time. Uh, so it's a great way, but it's not the best. You know, as they said, I'd rather be face to face in front of you, us having a meal together <laughs> and having this conversation, which we will have, I'm sure one day. But for yeah. now, this is how we have to do it. And uh, we work with the tools that we have and uh, why we need to use those tools, our limitations right now of physical safety. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I wanted to, t- to talk about the uh, the talk. So the humanizing healthcare, the cost of business and women business owners. So um, kind of walk us through that whole panel discussion. It was a great discussion. By uh, the way. Yes. Well, well, I'll talk on my end on how I approached mm-hmm. it. Uh, there were six panelists there. Uh, I believe it's it's well not that I believe I know it's free online. It was shared freely because uh, it was a very important that Barbara shared there that uh, she felt it was worth sharing to the community. Uh, on my end, uh, I came as wearing the caregiver hat. Okay, but at the same time, I didn't really share there. But I also am an entrepreneur since I was uh, in single digits. Okay, of my age. And uh, since elementary school, I loved, uh, you know, from that little lemonade stand to various businesses along the way. Uh, I had a gumball machine. Okay. uh, I was, uh, I had a coral farm in Sri Lanka. I was a partner in a coral farm, which that's a story another day. And if people aren't clear what I'm talking about, I'm talking about like what grows in the sea, you know, like Nemo and Dory kind of stuff. that's a side little story where it was actually because of Nemo and Dory and the corals that I uh, grew, that I was kind of known for uh, back uh, many years ago, is where I started with technology and caregiving before my dad. So that's a side little story uh, that maybe we'll see if we can squeeze in there. But uh, I do have that entrepreneurial mindset. So I wanted to kind of merge that together, which is uh, healthcare. In the end, it's about caring for someone okay it's about people's health uh and for me it's that hat that i wear still now caring for an aging mother okay who lives by herself independently again with lucky uh but also caring for some other families uh some relatives just to check in on them uh and also for me what's important is caregiving and advocating for the caregivers okay those that are forgotten, um, those that uh, take a lot of the stress and burden away from the healthcare system. And that's what I wanted to bring to the conversation, but with the twist of women business owners and entrepreneurship. Okay, uh, The angle that I always want to come up with is to show the value, the return. Uh, if you recall, I started talking about the ROs, uh, the return on uh, and it's the return on the numbers and the most popular number many people know about, uh, whether it's in business or just in your personal life, is return on investments, okay, the ROIs. 
And that's a very popular number. Usually it's associated with a dollar figure. Uh, but that's where I kind of went into it, which I'll pause here in a, just uh, to see you know how, how you want me to go deeper into this or if there's another uh, twist on this there. But that's what I really spent a lot of time talking about there uh, is the is uh, the, the numbers, okay? The numbers for the caregivers as well as the numbers for businesses. Maria there, so. Yeah, and you can, you can go deep on it because it was such a fascinating discussion. Okay, sure. So for me, uh, it comes back to, again, that comment I said, I like to gamify things or I look at life as a game. And for 10 years, I was dealing with the game of dementia and Alzheimer's chances are I may be dealing with that again, you know, with other friends and family. I am still in it. I am still a strong advocate for the dementia community, but there's that game that I break it down in the world of dementia. But the game also happens when we're kids as well. So this is the game of life for me. As kids, the game, let's say in elementary school is to get good grades so that you can get to high school. You go to a high school, uh, you you know, if you continue on, the goal is to get to a college or a university, okay? And each of those moments in our lives along our journey has its rules and better ways to play that game, okay? You need some skills, <coughs> sorry, you need some skills, you need strategies, <coughs> uh, you need, um, you need uh, tools, okay, along the way to succeed at different games. So uh, for me, I've always been doing those calculations along the way. How do I get better at, uh, you know, my computer science program? You know, what do I need to study? Who do I need to associate with? Uh, what do I need to learn? Uh, I used to be a, into sports a lot. Um, I was a referee here in volleyball uh, at a pretty high level here in Ontario uh, where I met. And I got to just observe and watch people and watch various teams of how they play the game, okay, where they succeed. And there's a lot of calculations that go on and you kind of see all these strategies, all these numbers that people are thinking of, how do I get better at this? And to me, that's the same thing in healthcare, okay, in caring for someone. Uh, I am not a person that believes, believes in being perfect, although in my younger days, I was quite a perfectionist. I've let that go. Uh, do I strive for perfection? Yes. But do I expect and hold on to trying to be perfect? No. Okay. What I strive for and what I suggest for caring, okay, is to strive for better. Okay. Okay. Not necessarily perfection. Sometimes you don't, many times you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be better and get the job done. And part of that is calculating. I don't recall if I shared this phrase, but I talk about the calculating caregiver. Uh, I, if I didn't share that, I'll, I'll definitely share it here, is that for caregivers, we do a lot of calculating more than the average person per day, if you're really deep into caring, okay? So, for example, uh, my dad, living with dementia, they lived, tw they lived 20 minutes away from me, okay? Uh, when, he would, he, when he used to go missing or when I, he wouldn't be picking up the phone, when I would call and my mom might be at work or she's out and about, I would be stressing, okay? And I would be calculating, is my dad at home? Should I be driving there? Should I be panicking? 
well, many times the emotions just naturally happen. You just start to panic, okay? Uh, depending on what I'm actually calculating. And I'm thinking worst case scenario, my dad's not home, he's lost again, he's missing, I have to rush over, right? So all those calculations that I, you start realizing, it, it comes at a cost if you're not playing the game well. Mm-hmm. And that's where I try to encourage caregivers. And this is just anybody in life. You know, Even though I'm talking about caregiving, this is just my perspective on life. And I forgot to mention on a side note, uh, over a decade ago, I did a lot of life coaching. I was trained as a life coach. I forgot to mention that piece, which is where this comes from. But it's, for me, calculating what's the best options right now okay for me and calculating the risks calculating the solutions and driving back and forth many times to my dad's home with one challenge you know just that concern about him being missing okay for a year or two was quite expensive many times i would drive there and he would just be watching tv not answering the phone because he didn't really maybe know how to answer the phone at that stage okay so i said oh geez i just stressed over this okay uh so all these calculations, you kind of come up with better solutions, okay? Not the perfect solution, but better solutions, was, which is what I did. And you start realizing, okay, all these solutions also have calculations, okay? One was, as I said, getting my dad a GPS device, a locating device on him. Well, that costs about $300, let's say, back then to get one. And... Even if people can't see this, I'm actually holding it in my hand right now. The first one, I keep it near me. Uh, the first yeah. GPS device that I put on my dad. Okay, and I know you could see see it here, there, uh, you know, Camera there. You could see, but there's a button on it. Okay, so it's kind of like an emergency button. Well, this GPS device lasted six months before we realized it was great, but it also failed us. Okay, if my dad would be out, I would know where he was. Okay. But then there came a point where he was at home and I would be getting an emergency alert, okay? So I would rush over, I would call, he wasn't answering, my mom's out, and I would get there and there he is just sitting on the couch playing with the button, okay? And he said, Dad, are you okay? And he said, yeah. And I'd say, why did you call me? Why is there an emergency? I'm still at this stage still learning, you know, how dementia and Alzheimer's change over time. So I didn't know that, oh yeah, he might not know what this button means, okay? So now he's just playing with it and that's now me stressing, driving on the highway, you know, maybe being quite aggressive, okay? Putting people at risk to try and get to my dad to make sure he's safe, okay? Well, the calculating caregiver comes back and says, that won't work for us. So we need to buy another GPS device that has no button because we couldn't turn that feature off. And then you see the cost, and and that becomes numbers. Is this worth the return, the RO? Okay, that's what you start. That's where I started realizing, okay, this there's going to be a cost, and caregiving, uh, for anybody who's been a caregiver or understands it knows there is a cost, and who pays for that? So that's where the ROI comes in there. But eventually, I started saying it's not just the ROI. What about the time it took me? You know, just that example of. Wow, that took me 20 to 30 minutes to get to my dad, 20 to 30 minutes to get back home. There's an hour to an hour and a half or two hours in my day that I kind of didn't need to use up, okay, if I had a better solution. So that's where I then started realizing, hey, maybe a camera in his home, which is where I took the camera I had on my fish. That's where the Neiman Dory had. I used to have the cameras on them. 
and put it on my dad. If I didn't have that back then, so I'm sneaking in that story, <laughs> that technically I was watching my fish, you know, and corals before I was caregiving for my dad. And then I said, oh, my, I could just get that camera and put it at my dad's home. Okay. You know, there's ethical issues, privacy issues, which I won't go and do a deep dive right now that might concern people. But the bottom line is that tool, you know, created a lot of security, made me feel safer, reduced my fear level. So my emotions okay, of fear went down. Okay. My confidence went up. Okay. The stress went down. Okay. All these examples of emotions like fear, stress, uh, confidence, they're numbers. Okay. So this is where I talk about the return on the numbers again. I keep coming back to, well, when I had to call the police for my dad, again, this is just that one example of him going missing. Okay. My fear level, that was on a scale of one to 10, eight, 10. Okay. That's the most scared time I was thinking he may not make it home. Okay. And I do a lot of work in the community around people that go missing. And I do know families where the person has been found deceased or some are still missing decades later. Just, you know, and that's just the challenge we have. Okay. It's not going to make it on the news all the time, but right now there's hundreds of people missing, you know, across North America easily. And how many families are panicking? Okay. Simply because they might not have a camera or they don't have a system in place. Right. So all that fear. Okay. Well, if I was a 10, when the police were called most days, when I didn't have the GPS, I was like an eight or nine hovering on a very scared level. Okay. And then you get a GPS device. My fear goes down to maybe a six or seven. Okay. Uh, but then I don't just use technology. I use other solutions. I also bring in low tech solutions. It's not all about high tech. Um, I could put a sign on my dad's door. I bring in the neighbors. I bring community. Okay. So community was part of it. Uh, on this one challenge, on this one game, so if my dad would be missing, I know that in the community, the coffee shop, the local restaurant, the variety store where he would go to, uh, they all had my business card. So having that evening decreased my fear level down to a four. Okay. So all these, you're playing with all these numbers. Okay. And they're simply the return on the numbers for me. Okay. So an investment in one technology affects the numbers around emotion. It affects my dad's freedom, his quality of life. He could still go out, you know, instead of locking him up and restraining him at home, which many do. Okay. So uh, the return on his quality of life, the QL, is increased a little bit. Okay. Return on safety goes up. All these ROs, you fill it in, and it's different for everybody. Okay. Uh, my dad was a music person. He loved music. He was a spiritual man. So I preferred, can we get that into his life? So return on music, return on, uh, on to spirituality. Uh, I could remotely control his music. Okay. Back then when streaming services were coming out, okay. I was remotely playing music when I could watch on the camera that he was getting anxious. Okay. When he was getting nervous, I would then say, you know, what? let me start playing his Frank Sinatra. And then he would just start relaxing and sitting down. Okay. So that's tech remote caring, okay? All these tools that, well, what's the cost of that for Spotify? You know, for well, it, we could cover that. You know, we could cover the GPS device. There are all these numbers. And my little joke is that it's just playing with all these calculations, okay? You invest in this, what's the return, okay?
okay, to someone's life or to the caregiver's life. Uh, and these return on the numbers actually spells out my name, Ron. <laughs> so return on the numbers is the Rons. So I kind of throw that out to people. If you ever need to get better at calculating, start doing the Rons. Okay, it's not simply just buying a GPS device just to keep them safe. What else does it do? So that's the Rons in a, doing a little bit of a deep dive, uh, all these numbers. Uh, that's how I approach a lot of these things in life there. Where? Wow, and that's, I mean, that's really fascinating because when you're looking at the cost, it's just not, as you're saying, the financial piece, but it's also, you know, your your physical and emotional um, spiritual well-being as well is part of the cost, not just not just the money. Yeah. Uh, now to add, also, it, there's also the negative part, the expenses. Okay. So people, again, this is where the calculating comes in, and especially around technology, it's it's a sexy word that a lot of people look. Oh, technology, right? You know, they they think it's it's new, it's innovative, it's cool. It's a tool. In the end, it's simply a tool, but this tool, let's call it the newer technologies where it could be a smartphone, a computer, uh, it could be a, a home smart home device, uh, camera, sensors, all that. There's, a, there's also a cost to that, which could be, for example, the learning curve, okay? Just the digital literacy to understand how to use it. Uh, there's bad people out there that's going to use technology to their advantage, okay? Uh, so they're going to try and maybe, you know, take advantage of someone who doesn't know how to use the technology properly. Uh, so that's part of the calculation as well. Okay. So as I said, you know, having a technology like a camera at my parents' home, okay, back then it was simply a camera and you get to see them. Okay. Well, we didn't put it in the bathroom. Okay. You know, although my dad fell, you know, falls were a big deal. Frailty, you know, someone... Uh, mm -hmm. that ages, like my dad, uh, he had issues near his end of life uh, with falls, okay? Well, we want to kind of know if he's fallen on the ground, and if he has, uh, can is he safe, you know, or is he, you know, how, how dangerous is that? So to put a camera in the bathroom, well, there's ethical issues around that because he'll be naked. Uh, my mom, you know, she, had, she feels uncomfortable with that. Uh, so... Could, could someone hack into the camera, okay, from some other country and, you know, put it online, whatever that is. That's the calculations where we had to kind of say back then, you know, and had that conversation with my parents uh, as best as I could. And they said, well, if this keeps my dad at home longer versus putting him into long-term care, okay, that was our goal. Now, I respect good long-term care, okay, so there's... Right now with COVID, long-term care is under attack. That we've been failing, you know, many of our loved ones. Okay, uh, so there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. So I get that, and I but I do get that there is still a place for long-term care, but many would rather try and live longer in their home residence in the community if they could, and that was our goal. And if that meant risking a technology that case, okay, maybe okay. What if someone else can see it? Okay. But in return, my dad gets to stay at home an extra year or two. We were willing to risk that. Fortunately, I'm a tech person, so I'm pretty good with security. Uh, but yeah, again, it's calculations, exactly what you're saying. It's uh, There's the benefits 
And if the benefits outweigh the negatives, then that's why I say that I invest in it. I look at it as an investment that this ROI equates to quality of life, you know, these emotions that I want and to increase and these emotions that I need to decrease, the fears, the stresses, uh, and also uh, for our family, okay, to give my dad whatever he needs and the support for my mom. So I think we, people can get better at this, okay? Just they never really looked at it. Okay, you're actually calculating. And how do we connect those calculating dots, okay? Uh, so so that's what I love to do. That, that's part of playing any game, in my opinion. How do you, how do you get better at this? Mm-hmm. And that's and I love that you say, you know, getting better, not perfection. And I know I've kept you over a little bit longer, but just a question for, you know, women business owners, why it was important to talk about that uh, on this panel. Yeah. So for me, it's one of those where caregiving is not simply uh, affecting just families and the healthcare system. It actually is affecting business. Okay. Okay. The pandemic right now that we're dealing with has shown when people's health, specifically their lives, their physical lives are on the line, okay, then we see businesses closing down, shutting down, okay. Uh, I'm not going to take a side here, you know, you know, do we open up, do we close down, all that stuff, but it there there's a big connection, okay. And the number of caregivers now happens to be here in Canada that chances are one in three people have a connection to caregiving or they're a caregiver here in Canada. Okay. It doesn't shock me if that's the same number, you know, in the U S across North America. And what that means is caregivers are not just your customers or your clients that are coming to you. Okay. That's one crowd. So you could serve that crowd. Okay. But on the other end, they're also your business partners. They're your employees or they're your, employers, okay, your supervisors, uh, they could be lateral, they could be uh, your acquaintances at meetings, okay, when you're out there, uh, business to business relationship, but in the end, they're caregiving, okay, and how do we support businesses uh, in a way that they can support caregivers, okay, which in my opinion, brings a higher return, Okay, it comes back to that RO. And right now, I really believe that if we're going to see the changes with businesses in supporting care caregivers across the board, okay, either within their organization or to their clients and customers, that women leaders, okay, I think are going to be the ones that are going to do a better job at this than men. And, and that's coming from a, a, a man himself, okay. Um, notice... No disrespect to any sex here or, you know, trying to say someone is right or wrong. I don't believe in right or wrong. I just say the skills, the values, the approach that women come across when it comes to care. And again, majority of caregiving is from women. Okay. Okay. Uh, That if they can incorporate that into the business business environment, okay, uh, then we will succeed as a whole much better. It would be a win-win-win you know, amongst, you know, everybody there, not just simply the business owner, not just simply their their client and customer, but it's also within the community. That could be the healthcare system and that could be the overall uh, business sector in general, in my opinion. Okay. So that's why I believe it's important. You find that connection 
that it's not simply just transactional. It's not just exchange of dollars for this and that. It's uh, it's all these other ROs. Okay, if your service or business or or your let's say employee benefits, whatever that may be, can support that component of a caregiver. Okay, I really believe you're going to have a lot of loyal uh, individuals coming back to you. So that's what I just wanted to kind of bring up uh, and and address the, the importance of uh, caregiving. Uh, to your business. Wow, that is just fascinating. Ron mm-hmm. Bellino, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I know I kept you over, but I just mm-hmm. thought, um, or I think it's just really important to, um, you know, to, to have that human um, connection and to be able to share that with folks because, you know, the caregiving is definitely not easy. And in the midst of COVID, uh, you know, a lot of people are needing a lot of care. And you now we can see all across the world, all across the globe, um, you know, the, the whole host of emotions and cost of taking care of folks that really, really do need it. And anything you want to talk about that we didn't discuss? Uh well, I, we could say that for a future show. I, I I love to talk, as you can tell. So uh, right now, it just comes back to you around, yeah, just let's make sure we continue to care for each other moving forward. Uh, mm-hmm. Those that didn't understand caregiving before and still may not know it right now, take a look at what's going on. You probably are caregiving in a unique way. If that means you're simply dropping off food okay, to someone okay, or giving someone a call, that is a caregiving type of action okay so it doesn't have to be the heavy type of caregiving i'm talking about uh and people just have to understand hey you know what i need to you know continue giving some care to people vice versa you also need to learn how to receive care that's the one thing people don't know as well okay i also needed to figure out okay i I can't be superman or wonder woman that's a conversation another day work together Mm -hmm. let's build up our teams our communities of carers uh, the phrase I like to use is let's care for each other uh, because uh, when you spread the stress, you increase caregiving success. Okay, Don't have it all on one individual. Find a way to support that individual by spreading their stress, You know, giving them uh, a, a few of your meals that you could freeze for them as an example, ordering for them. Uh, you know, being the person on the video call, you know, so that they could have a nap, some respite. Uh, and at the same time, allowing yourself, who are the caregivers out there, to allow people to creatively support you in your life or be willing to ask. You know, no, I used to ask, hey, I, I want some meals this week. Can anyone out order me some pizza or whatever? You know, and I had friends and family. Not that I couldn't do it myself, but it also helped build up the, my team of, you know, uh, third, mm-hmm. fourth caregivers to the, to us. So, So that's what I just wanted to add. But. Um, but then I also want to say thank you I re- to you, to, you know, whoever listens to this, just, you know, hopefully it'll benefit them. I'm sure it will. And uh, thank you for, I, I learned about your journey. You know, I was able to learn more about your journey. And again, uh, having your personal experience to go out and share. Uh, I know there's just two of us here right now, you know, in this conversation, but there's hundreds, thousands, and probably millions of us out there that are have gone through the same experiences we have in the career and it's just uh i appreciate you giving me this opportunity so thank you 
Well, I, I definitely want to thank you for sharing your story. And Ron, let folks know how they can uh, reach out to you, find you on social media. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so uh, on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm my initials, uh, it's Ron Baleno. So I'm RB3333 Canada. So RB33 Canada. Uh, and uh, on my website, it's just uh, rb33canada.com. You'll find me there. And I'm always willing to chat with anybody if they wanted to. So. Mm-hmm. That's great. And Talk Show is live, as you know, you've mentioned Talk Show is live and recorded. And so once it uh, uploads, I will definitely share it on social media and post. And I want to take your picture. And we uh, do have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, for sure. I've been doing this since uh, <laughs> earlier this year. I was like, oh, I can take nice. your picture now. <laughs> yeah. One of my best uh, suggested it. And so now I'm like, yay. Now, if the pictures don't come out, great then i do use you know our standard photos but if they come out okay i use them so you can just look in the camera and smile and i take a few and so if they come out great they so so here's the beauty camera now i am a tech person as you know i actually didn't know you you didn't realize but i actually took a couple uh screenshots myself as well so i'm your backup Okay, so chances are we have a decent one. Worst case, I know Photoshop, so we could crop ourselves in, you know, if need be. <laughs> so. Right. If I post one, you're like, eh, I think I can do better. Definitely go right. Yeah. <laughs> go right so, how did Ron end up on a beach during our call? You know, in his. Uh, so. But uh, yeah, no. To me, picture. Yeah, one thing is pictures. To, uh, say a thousand words for me and I, I really believe that that's another way to communicate to the community um, and uh, thanks for taking our photo <laughs> I appreciate I that. And let me unmute uh, someone to see if they have a question sure yeah. hi we have a guest do you have a question or a comment <laughs> Okay, no question or comment. So thank you, Ron, so much for for being on the show. We're definitely connected. Once COVID opens up, I definitely I have a lot of connections now in Canada (laughs) due to to Barbara Mowat. Yeah, Barbara's awesome, isn't she? Yeah, she's quite awesome. So she is amazing. So I definitely uh, once we get COVID under control, want to take a take a trip. Um, I went to mm, uh, Victoria back in the early 2000s, which was really beautiful, but I'd like to explore. Oh my gosh, yes, I was there. Yeah, Victoria is one of the, the beautiful spots of Canada. We have a lot everywhere, but Victoria is one of the favorites, yes. So yes, I miss Tell everyone, um, you Canadians are so warm and friendly and accommodating, so it is ah. a great <laughs> We, we do our best, so we do our best. And uh, so I look forward to coming to visit you. I have friends and family all across the U.S., and I, I want to do a road trip when it's all safe. Uh, so I will be passing by, and then we'll do another talk face-to-face, you know. Yeah, yes, and we, and we can record it and share and all of that. So thank you so much, yeah. Ron, for you know, giving me so much time. I truly You're welcome. appreciate it. So enjoy the rest of your evening. And Thank you. we will.
soon. Okay. Yeah, you bye. take care, everyone. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.